Welcome to the Kitchen Table Theology Podcast, where Pastor Jeff Cranston, along with our host, Jen Denton, will discuss biblical theology in an understandable way. You'll discover how to apply biblical truth to your life. Thanks for joining us at the table. Let's get started. Well, hello, Kitchen Table Theologians. Pastor Jeff Cranston with you again today. We got something very special for us today. Instead of Jen and I doing what we normally do, we are going to have a conversation with the Reverend Dr. Dana Goodnow. And Dana is a dear friend of mine of many years. We actually met about five minutes ago, so that's how far we go back. But Dana's been the senior pastor at Pittsford Community Church in Pittsford, New York. I'm sure some of you listening probably know where that is. And one of the main reasons or the main reason that I wanted you to meet him today is because of a book that he wrote. I'm going to tell you about it a little bit later, but let me tell you about him. He's been the pastor of Pittsford Community Church near Rochester, New York since 1985. Is that correct, Dana? That's right. Yep. 35 years and counting. You are my hero, man. I'm <laughs> I'm at 22 years and I, I'm, I'm a kid compared to that. He's a graduate of Moody Bible Institute. So go Archers. Yeah. Uh, Calvary Bible College, Liberty University. Got his master's there and another master's and his doctorate at Dallas Theological Seminary. Dana also serves as an adjunct professor at Northeastern Seminary in Rochester. And so uh, what we know already is he's very passionate about the Bible and he's very passionate about teaching. He's been married to Monica for over 35 years. God's blessed them with three grown children, a wonderful daughter-in-law. He's also ministered outside of New York, places like Russia and Saipan and Chad in Africa, the Ukraine and Brazil. I've taught in Ukraine. Uh, what part of Ukraine were you in there? We were in Odessa. Yeah. 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 So it's, we were connected with a seminary there and doing some leadership training. Well, that's what I was doing. So were yeah. you with Equip? Uh, with Equip. Yeah, exactly right. With, <laughs> okay, with our good so friend, Rob McClellan. <laughs> we were both doing Equip in Ukraine. You may have been the guy I filled in for. I went over and did a fill-in. <laughs> One way or another, I think that we uh, swapped places uh, there. But what a blessing. Yeah. People that are so hungry to learn in those sorts of settings, you just feel so eager to teach when people are hungry to learn. You know, Dana, that was the first time, and I've been all over the world with ministry, but that was the first time that I sat with at length with guys. This was in 2012 when I was there. These guys were in their upper 60s, and these were men who under the communist regime had served time in prison. They had Mm -hmm. been jailed for the gospel. Mm -hmm. And I, I just counted it as such an honor to be in their presence it was, did you run into some of those guys? I'm sure I did, you did. And you're just very humbled when you think, well, they, yeah. they know much more about theology than I do because they've lived it. And uh, yeah, the other thing that impressed me with that was they were ready to give over to the younger leadership new ways, which was not, not easy for older leaders to right. do, but they knew that things had changed and they were willing to make some adjustments. So uh, just really wonderful people. Especially in a country where all they had known was autocratic leadership. Yeah. from the governmental perspective and to to buck that in the ecclesiastical sense was I, I really think really important. Absolutely. Well Danny, you've written a book that I wished I had written. <laughs> and uh, Kitchen Table Theologians, it's called Three Minute Theology, 66 Simple Lessons on Basic Bible Doctrines. And it's a book that I have found extremely useful in helping me prepare 
podcast here on Kitchen Table Theology. And I know if you've been listening any for any period of time, you've heard me mention Dana, and you've heard me mention his book. We're going to tell you how to get it at the end of the podcast, but I'll just tell you up front, it's available on Amazon and Google Books and many other places where you buy your books. And we'll link you to it in our episode notes and uh, tell you how to get it. So Dana, really, thank you so much for joining us today. It's an, it's an honor to have you on Kitchen Table Theology. Well, thank you. It's so good to be with you, Jeff, and to talk with any any new friends or old about theology is always a great thing in my in my book. Can we talk pastoral theology for just a second? Sure. How have you stayed at the same church <laughs> since 1985? I mean, the average pastor stays what now three and a half to four years, and you've been there since 1985. Was it your first church? It, it is my first church out of seminary. Yep, yeah. and uh, I, you know, had the intention of wanting to stay long term. So in my setting, that would have been a seven to ten year run. Would have been a long term right. pastorate. Yeah. Uh, and um, God blessed me with a church that would put up with me for thirty five years. That's that's part of the key. Uh, and then you know, about every five or eight years, you sort of reinvent your vision. You find, yeah. well, am I ready to move on, or is there a fresh? And God's given me the privilege of reinventing the vision for myself as well as for the church over time. So it's been a great. Uh, a great ministry. I think I've been here 22 years because like you said, they put up with me and nobody else wants me. So that, that really helps <laughs> well, you to stay in one spot. The perfect combination for marriage or ministry. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Well, I, I love it. And just as a fellow pastor, thank you for staying. Uh, you, you really are a hero to me that uh, I, I know the benefits and the value of long-term pastorates. And they're so rare. As I've said, really have grown to appreciate your book. It's very understandable. And Kitchen Table Theologians, it's called Three-Minute Theology because each little chapter can be digested in three minutes. And Dana covers most all the topics that we have been covering here in our last 50 podcasts. Share with us, Dana, if you would, out of all the books that you could have written, uh, why did you write Three Minute Theology? Well, a great question, Jeff. And I think I've always loved theology. I remember as a teenager reading a book on theology and just being amazed by it. What a wonderful idea that the truths of Scripture could be systematized into topics and themes and understandable. And uh, so uh, these uh, this book was written out of a ministry we have with a local radio network here in upstate New York, the Mars Hill Network. And uh, they have something called Pastor for the Day, which is a three-minute message once a month. And so you have to condense it down to just actually under three minutes to get the tags in. So I'm doing those for quite a while. And I thought, well, I guess I'll do it in an organized way. I'll just start doing some of the theological topics that I love so much. And over four or five, a little over five years of doing that, behold, I had 66 doctrines that kind of ran out and thought, well, maybe we'll give this a shot at publishing. And uh, it's turned out that way. But writing for an audible audience forced me to write very simply and clearly and uh, and really think through the doctrines. How do you present those in a very, um, you know, bottom shelf kind of way, which I love doing and teaching the Bible as it is. So that and coupled with, you know, we, the, the, Lack of theological awareness in among many of our churches and Christians right. today uh, is quite a disturbing trend, as you know, and that's why you're uh, you're doing the kitchen table theology for the very same reason. So let me ask you a question out of, out of that. A lot of people, I think, because of what you've just said, it's you know there's an increasing unawareness of theology in our churches. Is it because you think there is 
some mindset that why don't we just leave that up to the professionals? I mean, because I, I don't know. I'm sure you felt this when you were doing those radio broadcasts and you were writing the book. And I certainly feel it whenever I do these podcasts. I have a healthy fear of going sideways theologically and getting into some, you know, murky waters. And the the cop out is, well, shouldn't we just leave this up to the theologians? I mean, I'm sorry, the professionals, the professional yeah. theologians. Right. How, how do you how do you respond to that? Well, I think uh, when we look at the command of Jesus, he says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. I think that that greatest commandment tells us our minds should be focused on God. He's not talking to the professional theologians. He's talking to the average follower. And so I think that we would, you know, of course, honor God's command by following that, but but he commands us for good reasons. Why would we love God with our minds? Because that's going to keep us on track with our soul and with our practice so I think theology is for every Christian uh, at, at some level or another. Uh, we need to be involved in studying scripture at, uh, at a theological level. I think most Christians would, would agree with that wholeheartedly. Mm-hmm. But I always hear these sorts of comments, you know, well, it's so hard. It's mm-hmm. so difficult. Why do, why do you think many Christians think that theology is so difficult and is the perceived difficulty prohibiting them or just kind of holding them back from studying theology? Yeah, I think the perception may come from a number of ways. Sometimes we as pastors are at fault for throwing out maybe too many Greek words in our sermons or, you know, (laughs) trying to make it sound like, well, we're the only ones that can really handle the truth. Mm So hang on and listen uh, rather than putting it out in simple terms. And, uh, and then, you know, there's any number of books that are like multi-volume theologies that might just scare you and me. So, you know, there's, there's some of that. Um, so it may be some of that. Perce- I think it's a misperception, of course, uh, because there's, there's opportunity for everyone to enter into theology at, at any level. But uh, I think it might be some of those uh, kind of concepts. Um, and, and then when you come to the more difficult topics like the Trinity or the incarnation, the mysteries of the faith, I, I don't fully understand those. I don't personally. So, you know, maybe that puts some people off and they think, well, I just want the practical stuff. Just tell me what to do and I'll do it. And that's just such a, you know, a shallow way of approaching the Christian faith. Now, you just did something a lot of pastors don't do. You admitted you don't 100% possibly know something. <laughs> oh, so, yeah. Is this being recorded? I'm not sure. <laughs> well, I feel the exact same way. and But we don't want to come across like that, right? We don't want to introduce any element of uncertainty to our people. So, But I, I think I've proven I don't understand it all by these 50 last podcasts that we've done. But when you run up, when you run up against a doctrine that... Uh, you can't necessarily say, well, I'm a hundred percent dogmatically, you know, with metaphysical certitude, I know this thing to be true. So how, how do you approach that as a, as an individual Christian? And then how do you approach that as a communicator of God's word to God's people? Well, I, I think that when I come up with those sorts of, and there are plenty of them, uh, those mystery sort of doctrines, it reminds me that God is just so much bigger than I am. If I could understand, comprehend God with my little mind, uh, he wouldn't be much of a God. So uh, right. instantly I'm, I'm forced into the realization that God is much greater, grander than I am. And then I, I've, I've come to be more content with the idea that there are mysteries that God doesn't intend for us to fully comprehend. So 
how free will and sovereignty mesh, how the Trinity works, how God can become man and still be God. I mean, these are bigger than I am. So, uh, and then in, in talking through them, I think being able to lay out, here's, here's some ways we can understand these difficult topics, but let's give each other grace. You may look at it a little differently than I will. Uh, let's not part fellowship over that. Let's try to understand and grow together and be humble when we come to doctrines that are, uh, you know, less clear uh, than, than some others. And that seems harder to do in today's climate where everybody's at everyone else's throat. And it's so difficult when you see that coming into the church. So I think that's a really, really good, good word to us. So we're all theologians. If we're Christ followers, at some level, we are all theologians. So how would you counsel and advise somebody if they were to ask, well, how, how do I do theology? And what, what does it mean to do theology? Because we tend to think of theology as this grandiose thing that's floating around up there in the sky. And it's just, you know, it's full of big words like expiation and propitiation and, oh my word, all the, all the other Asians. Uh, <laughs> but how do I, how do I do Christianity. Does that make sense? Yeah. Oh, sure. It does. I think a great starting place is just to say, pick a, pick a topic that you're interested in that it relates to God. For example, uh, the attributes of God. Maybe you'd just like to know more about the love of God. Well, do a concordance study in your Bible. Do a little reading background from what others have written about the love of God and, and, and start forming some of your own thoughts, put them into maybe an outline form or five statements about the love of God. And all of a sudden you have a beginning of your own theology. Five statements about the love of God is the beginning of a theology. It doesn't have to be deep. It can be in your own language. Uh, but And then you start going on to maybe another attribute or two, or you start thinking about the Holy Spirit, or you think about end times. You're just looking at the themes that are running through Scripture and finding verses that teach you about those themes. And uh, so it doesn't have to be complicated. And it's you know, a lifelong journey, too, because it, it just gets more and more rich the further you go along. I really love that. And Kitchen Table Theologian, I hope you caught that. That's, that's a great way for you to develop your own personal set of beliefs, your own theology, that uh, while you want it to remain biblical, get yourself a, uh, you know, a blank screen on your laptop or a blank piece of paper in front of you. Do what Dana's just recommended that we do. Uh, choose, a, choose a doctrine about God and start studying it on your own. Write out your belief statements, and boy, you do that on a regular basis over a period of time. You you really would have, I think, a very beneficial document. Yeah, absolutely, and it's, and it's personal, so it's something you've digested yourself right. and that you made. And then I think, of course, Jeff, we'd always encourage people to compare that then with uh, others who have thought through these same doctrines. So that's where you find a good uh, book of theology or some great podcasts on theology, for example, and say, uh, here's here's some ways that will you know, keep me from getting off track. Maybe I've come to a wrong conclusion or hit a dead end, and then I can get a little help from people who have uh, thought about it as well. So that's a good reminder. There's a great book called Three Minute Theology, <laughs> 66 Simple Lessons on Basic Bible Doctrines. And we'll tell you how to get that at the end of the podcast. That would help you. You know, Dana, I would love to hear your take on some of the results of the, the survey, the theological survey that was conducted last year uh, by Linganeer Ministries. And we've talked about it here on our podcast, uh, where they surveyed the state of theology in the American church. Uh, and, you know, we have listeners 
here on the podcast from other countries, but I'm, I'm guessing the survey results among evangelicals, wherever you live in the world, may be similar to the ones that showed up here in North America. And I just want to remind us of a couple of these and then get your take on them if, if we could. Now, it, it might be unsurprising that a vast majority of Americans uh, reject the deity of Christ, but now the survey is telling us now almost a third of American evangelicals agree that Christ was merely a great teacher. Uh, also, we, we also in evangelicalism seem to be confused about the extent of sin's effects upon the human race. So they found out nearly half of U.S. evangelicals believe that people are good by nature. Now, when I read that, I literally almost flipped out of my chair. Half believe we are inherently good by nature. And then lastly, when you take a look at the broader U.S. population, you start to see several concerning trends. But I think uh, what they what they term as the, the most consistent and concerning of these trends is the increasing rejection of the literal truth of God's word, the Bible. Now, that's an mm-hmm. awful lot there, but how do you respond to those survey results among evangelicals? Yeah, and I think that last one, uh, Jeff, you know, the authority of Scripture is really the, the keynote to it, because if, if you have intact in your mind the authority of Scripture, the inerrancy of Scripture, then the other things flow from that. If that piece uh, we set aside, then everything is what you want it to be. You just make it up in your mind because the scripture is just one of many equal voices. So I think that to me, that's the, the, the key to it, but they all relate. And, and it just reveals to us that as a Christian culture in our Western culture, we have done more um, absorbing of the culture than we have of scripture. And so we're much more uh, likely to uh, reflect on things with a sort of uh, subjective outlook on truth. Uh, what's your truth is fine if I can have my truth. And, and then it's very much a rationalistic idea of um, whatever whatever I think is right or feel is right. And then it, yeah, actually it becomes more than rationalistic, it becomes emotionally charged. I just don't feel like there should be a a hell for those who are sinners. I don't feel like I should think of myself or my neighbor as a sinner at heart. Um, you know, I, I don't think that, you know, relying on God, Jesus as being divine or fully God. So it becomes very feeling, very rational oriented, and it doesn't come down to the authority of scripture, the revealed truth of God. So um, I think it's, a, it's you know, it's, we're, we're sort of, uh, you know, imbibing the, the culture that we're in uh, and not being alert to um, what the enemy is trying to do in our hearts to bring us off from the truth. Because if he gets us off of the veracity of scripture, everything else goes, right? Yeah, absolutely. Right. Then, then there's no authority base and uh, as every man does that, which is right in his own eyes. Yeah. And we all know how that works out for us. And it's, it's not, yeah, good. And it seems like that's how our culture is going, right? Yeah. So based upon that, I'm a lot closer to the end of my pastoral ministry days than I was 35 years ago. And I'm, I'm not going to put that on you, but I'm, I'm guessing that's a little bit true for you as well, because uh, we're probably near the same age. But I'm sort of happy I'm not entering the ministry as a pastor right now. Um, but what what repercussions, based on that, what repercussions do you foresee for our churches as we, we move the next decade or so? 
Well, uh, I'd rather take the perspective for our younger pastors to say, what a great time it is to be in ministry. You get challenges Jeff and I never had to deal with. You you can really handle bigger stuff than we can. So go get them. Uh, I and, hope so. Uh, yes, yeah. I, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I think the, the idea of uh, helping uh, our younger pastors and members and leaders to recognize that that there is a reality to the truth of scripture the the, the importance of that uh, and you know, the the apologetics that goes behind that is is going to be important to be able to understand why we believe that it's not just a, a doctrinal mm-hmm. statement but there's good well like like all good doctrinal statements there's a good foundation to it so uh, it's it's a you know we're not coming to it with um, with just emotion, but it's an intellectually defensible sort of position, if you will. Uh, so helping people to realize that. But there's also the spiritual side of it. I mean, we are in a spiritual battle and the reality of Christ living in us, the Holy Spirit affirming in us the truth is something that we need to take into account too, that it's not not merely intellectual, but it's the spiritual battle and that the Spirit is going to affirm for us. We know this is truth because of the Spirit testifying to us. I love your take on that. As we we talk about these things for a second, do you see any trends that are occurring right now? Or maybe you've seen a trend over the last, let's say, three to five years. Do you see any trends emerging? And let's just say in the Western church uh, that you think are are really theologically dangerous. Well, certainly when you you know uh, cut the anchor ties to the deity of Christ. Uh, and again, the authority of scripture, then, then, you know, anything, anything sort of goes. And so I think this is where we're seeing our cultural shift our social shift, the sexual revolution that we're experiencing this round, uh, you know, the, the uh, animosity that we see over, over everything socially uh, oriented. Um, so those are some of the things that are, are going to continue. And I, I wonder to myself if those aren't continuing because our nation has chosen to abandon God in the process. And so um, maybe as Romans talks about, maybe God is giving us over to that which we have craved uh, as, a, as a culture. Uh, so the challenge then is to help people see that that direction isn't working well, and we need to come back to a position of scriptural and, and Christ authority in our life. All right. Now, now let's turn the ship just a little bit and say, okay, in light of that, you know, when we think through all those repercussions, we could go, you know, we, we, we could just say, oh, no, mm-hmm. uh, we're, we're going in a terribly, horribly bad uh, direction. But w- what words of encouragement could you give our kitchen table theologians? What, uh, what do you see as the glue that's going to continue to hold us all together? And, and what encouragement can you give us as, as we move forward as, as theologians? While, while this cultural shift is taking place, what I think it's doing for us, Jeff, is it's, it's purifying the church in a way or calling out uh, some of the uh, uh, church that was more church by social um, preference than it was by heart for the Lord. So uh, while we might see churches decreasing in size, they might be actually increasing in intensity. And are we a counterculture, which we are? And so how do we live in such a way that we're loving neighbor, loving uh, one another in such a way that the culture around us says, wow, that's different from our hate culture or, you know, uh, cancel culture, all that sort of thing. So um, I, I think the, you know, the, the glue is certainly faith, love, you know, the whole uh, reality of our Christian experience. Great words of encouragement. 
Dr. Goodenow, I want to thank you so very much on behalf of uh, Kitchen Table Theologians everywhere uh, for giving us some time, sharing your expertise. I, I could have talked about this for two hours, um, but really, thank you so, so much. What's the best place where we could find you? Are you on social media or tell us how to maybe watch a sermon or two? Where, where could we find you? Yeah, sure. Our, our church's website, I'm at Pittsford Community Church, which is in the Rochester, New York area. So it's pittsfordcommunitychurch.org and uh, you can find us there. Uh, and there's uh, plenty of uh, material and things going on there that you can tap into. And then uh, my wife and I have a small website of our own called uh, fixyoureyesonjesus.com. Fix your eyes on Jesus.com. And I put there a lot of stuff I've written that uh, is, has not been published because, well, publishing, uh, you know, they don't come out racing for publishing, right? So, uh, but there's a lot of uh, articles and, and uh, sermons and expositions that are there. If you'd like some more free stuff, uh, fix your eyes on Jesus.com. I am going to go check that out for, for sure. I can, re- I can remember that one. Thank you for, for uh, letting us know about that. You really are a gift to the church. And I want to thank you for your years of ministry and uh, just wish you many, many more years of fruitful and effective ministry. And uh, again, thanks for being with us uh, again today. And Kitchen Table Theologian, if you have three minutes, you can expand your knowledge of God. Uh, Dr. Goodnow's book, Three Minute Theology, is designed to help busy people just like you and I find time to deepen our understanding about the major doctrines of the Bible. What he writes about uh, in there, a lot of a lot of it is exactly what we've been talking about here. And uh, Dana, I go to your book a lot. I'll, I'll, I'll come up against, you know, okay, I got to prepare for this topic. And for me, it's always, how do I introduce the topic? And you've got some, every paragraph has a great, interesting story uh, to draw us into the topic. And uh, so I'm, I've, uh, I've really been helped by those. And, and Kitchen Table Theologian, you will too, because you're going to learn about God's attributes, the nature of Jesus, the meaning of salvation, which is the season that we're in in our podcast right now. So there's 66 bite-sized servings to help you strengthen your faith and build a foundation of truth. And again, it takes no more than three minutes of your time to read. And as you do that, it will lead you uh, hopefully into a deeper study of God's Word. So go ahead and you know, start your journey with the book. It really does only take three minutes. So you're going to look for Three Minute Theology by Dana Goodnow, and that's G-O-O-D-N-O-U-G-H. And it's available on Amazon, most other places you purchase your books. And here at Kitchen Table Theology, we very, very highly recommend it. Well, thanks for joining us again today. Dr. Goodnow, again, thank you. And uh, we look forward to seeing you next time right here on Kitchen Table Theology. Uh, Jen and I, Lord willing, will be back next week. And just remember that the real power of theology is not only in knowing it, but applying it. You've been listening to the Kitchen Table Theology Podcast with Jen Denton and Pastor Jeff Cranston. Join us next time for more insights into biblical truth. If you'd like to know more on today's topic, you can check out the show notes at jeffcranston.com. You can also email us at pastorjeff at lowcountrycc.org. If you're enjoying this podcast, would you consider leaving a rating and review on iTunes? We deeply appreciate your help in getting the word out. And be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or in your favorite podcasting app to continue this journey with us as we learn about and apply God's word to our lives. 
Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time here at Kitchen Table Theology.